0: Thank you, Kyle. Amen. Move this. Because I'm going to knock it over. (laughs) Good morning, everyone. Sorry about that. I'm fidgety in ADD, so that would be a disaster. Let's bow our heads. You might be new here. You might be going, gosh, these people stop every five seconds and just sit there. What's going on? We don't believe church is about us or a preacher or worship as far as music. We believe church is about God, so we don't want to do anything without him. So Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit. you, Jesus. You're the almighty God. Would you just worship him right now at your seat in your own words? Just tell God. You can thank him for your family, your friends, your life. You can tell him how worthy he is. But let's just recharge this atmosphere with his presence. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for everything you've done, God. Thank you for <laughs> for getting us out of things that we got ourselves into. Thank you for being faithful. Worthy is the Lamb. Lord wants somebody to know that you've held on to bitterness and rage and anger too long. I think that's kind of been God speaking to somebody throughout the service, but you've been bitter about something that's caused you from progressing in relationships, romantic relationships specifically, also your relationship with God. And I feel like the Holy Spirit is stopping this service right now. To tell you, it's time to let it go. It's time to let it go. And he will help you let it go. You just have to give it to him. Amen. That has nothing to do with what I'm preaching about, but whatever. All right. Anyway, so this morning is kind of interesting because I, we're, we're doing this series called Life in the Spirit, I think, right? Did I get the title right? I th- okay, good. <laughs> uh, I'm doing this series called Life in the Spirit. We've kind of done these things each week talking about what it means to live a life in the Spirit. And we've hit on different points on living naturally, supernatural, the gifts of the Spirit, and all this. And, and this morning, I get to talk about praying in the Spirit, which is an interesting topic because <laughs> it's just fun to talk about. But it's also not really something you can teach. It's not really something you can—excuse <coughs> me, it's allergies, everybody— It's okay. Uh, You have to say that nowadays. I've always had asthma before the pandemic and I'll have it after and I'm okay. So it's nothing to panic about. But speaking in tongues has been an issue that the church has grappled with. So I want to talk about it. But it's not something you can teach because it's something that just you experience that happens to you. But what I am going to do is present it to you. And because it's a fun thing to talk about, because as soon as you say in a church, speaking in tongues, you feel everybody in the church think about something. There's a group that goes, oh, God. Oh, gosh. Oh, this is it. We came on weird Sunday. Oh, we came on clown Sunday. Are they going to get the snakes out? Then you have another group who's like, whoa, shaka, 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 rah, rah, rah. And You're like, okay, that's weird. Then you have another group who's like, I'm not sure how I feel about this. And there's just a lot of stuff. So why, of all the gifts, <laughs> why is this the controversial one? <clears throat> we have denominations split over speaking in tongues. We have churches n- just separate. We have people get kicked. We have people get kicked out of churches because of this. We have people that go, I want everything from God. I want everything. I'll do anything for God, but I won't do that. And because we don't have an understanding of it, we think of it as the freak show gift. Amen? Am I being too real? We want to experience God in all of his fullness, <laughs> but then we get kind of, and then some of us, we, we see people walk around that say, well, you're a lesser Christian because you don't do it. And then people develop attitudes where they say, well, I'm not going to do it because that's how you believe. So I just want to point some things out. It's a controversial gift because it's a powerful gift, and the devil wants to divide the church on it. The enemy wants to take away weapons from the church, and I'm going to get to that later. So what he's done is he's created controversy around a gift that's really unique to Christianity. It's really a powerful gift that that can be used in warfare, that can be used in healing, that can be used in spiritual conflict. So if I was the devil, I would totally do what he's done, which is cause great division and doctrines about it and confuse everybody and all that. So first I want to address the myths that I've heard throughout my life about speaking in tongues or praying in the Spirit, which I'm going to make a distinction in a moment. Myth number one. These are fun. I'm sorry if I'm freaking y'all out. God <laughs> God has to God will just possess us and we'll do it out of control. That we'll just one day be sitting there and we will be in church or at home or at the store or on the toilet. <laughs> and we'll just all of a sudden God will just hit us and we'll stand up and speak in tongues. And then we'll be like, oh, I've got it now. That's not quite how it works. It's not an out of control thing. It's not just gonna happen. You don't, I'm a preacher and a singer, I don't just go into Kroger and start checking out and all of a sudden look at the cashier in the face and go, Jesus, we love you. They'd be like, what are you doing? The Bible says that we have control over the gifts, that they're subject to the prophets, subject to the people. So a myth number one, you're not going to be possessed by God. You are not going to magically start doing it out of control. Don't be scared of that. Myth number two, people say not everyone can do it. I I don't have that gift. I don't have. Every person, every believer can pray in the Spirit. Every believer. Put your hand on your heart. Say, I can do it. I can do it. Every believer can do it. But there's this thing that says, oh, no, it's a special thing for special people. No, no. Everybody can do it. It's not, you just didn't get that luck of the draw type thing. Myth number three, which isn't so much a myth, but it's something that happens that's annoying to me (laughs) and I think to God sometimes we can do it but it shouldn't be audible there's nothing weirder than being in a church and you say let's pray in the spirit and then it sounds like we're in a room full of typewriters and then I'll explain you just all of a sudden you go in and you just hear everybody going (laughs) (laughs) we shouldn't be ashamed of that we can pray out in the spirit and I know some people say what about the interpretation I'll get to that in a minute but it, it's okay if people hear you doing it. It's a, you're not going to hell for that. It's all right. Uh, it, it's all right. It actually shifts the atmosphere. Another myth, and this comes you know, from Pentecostalism. A lot of Pentecostal denominations believe it's a sign of salvation. You, that's not true. It's simply just not true. You will go to heaven if you don't speak in tongues. You'll get there a lot easier if you do. <laughs> the, uh, and then this is... Um, I mean, but really, if you think about it, you can drive a car without using your turn signal. But it makes it a lot more difficult and a lot more frustrating. You know, you should, you should use it. This is the weirdest one in the last myth I want to talk about. It's the devil. And that's usually said by someone who sounds just like that. It's the devil. I don't speak in tongues because it's the devil. What? And you say, where is that in the Bible? And let me tell you, most arguments about praying in the Spirit, when you ask them, where is that in the Bible, they don't know. You know why? Because it's not in there. (laughs) I mean, there's no argument against it in the Bible. In fact, the Bible says, do not forbid the speaking in of tongues. So those are some of the myths I wanted to dismiss. And if you disagree with me, email me, and I'll probably not answer them, but that's okay. Amen. Because we have to keep it moving. But I was reading, and this kind of stuck out to me, and if I'm totally wrong, Pastor Jeff can preach a message and correct my theology next week. (laughs) Amen. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1 says this. um, Pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands, but in his spirit he speaks mysteries. But one who speaks in a tongue edifies... Oh, I skipped over it, I'm sorry. Speaks mysteries. But one who prophesies speaks to men for edification and exhortation and consolation. One who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but one who prophesies edifies the church. Now I wish that you all spoke in tongues. Again, that doesn't sound like the devil since that's the Apostle Paul but even more that you would prophesy. Greater is the one that prophesies than the one who speaks in tongues, unless, everybody say unless, because there's a myth myth that says tongues is lesser of a gift, but it says unless he interprets so the church may receive edifying. What does that mean? I'm led to believe by this passage that there's really two types. There is a speaking in tongues that is a prophetic tongue, I am saying something in an unknown language and someone is, or myself is going to give an interpretation, which we've seen that happen here multiple times. That uh, typically happens less frequently where someone will stand up or somebody will say something in tongues and somebody will interpret it. Now, a lot of people say, well, I shouldn't speak in tongues if there's not an interpreter. Well, if you don't speak in tongues, how can someone hear it to interpret it? <laughs> you ever think about it? So that, that, that's the thing. We have to do it out loud. So there's a prophetic tongue that is for edifying that we're speaking to men. We need, uh, we need uh, interpretation for that. But then it says that we speak to God. This would be the praying in the spirit that I'm talking about. This would be your prayer language you hear people talk about. This would be the kind that doesn't need interpretation. This would be the kind that is edifying to yourself, that the Bible says is building you up, that the Bible says is a communication to God. Amen. This is the tongues that everybody can do. This is the praying in the Spirit that everyone can do. Are we on track? You agree with me? Okay. (laughs) Just making sure. See, we have a good pastor here. So what is praying in the Spirit? What is the whole deal with that? What does that mean? Well, in 1 Thessalonians, let me talk about it like this. It says this, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. What does that have to do with it? It has to do with it because that scripture clearly tells us, and I'm sure you may have heard this before, that we are made up of three parts, body, soul, spirit. When we're saved, the first thing that is saved completely is our spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us and actually technically intertwines with our spirit. That's why it is important to pray in the spirit, because my flesh is corrupted. Amen. My flesh is not made perfect yet. My, my soul, which is the seat and my emotions and my intellect, believe it or not, my intellect is not perfect. I'm not the smartest person in the room. I am not. You are not the smartest person in the room. Well, somebody is actually the smartest person, but you get what I'm saying. You are not the smartest person in the room. Those things are corrupted, but our spirits are regenerated. Somebody say Amen. Our spirits are regenerated, so our spirits with the the power and entwined with the Holy Spirit, that's why when we pray in the Spirit, we are really doing something, amen? Because sometimes I pray my will. You ever prayed your will? You ever been praying for something where you know you shouldn't be praying for it? Where you know the answer before? Lord, please make this work out. And you know good and well he doesn't want it to work out. You know good and well you're not supposed to be with that person, have that job, live in that house. But that's okay. Because if we pray in the Spirit, that's what's incorrupt, uncorrupted. So why do we need it, though? Well, I just told you, but I want to tell you even more. 1 Corinthians 2.10 says this. For God, for to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. Listen to this. This is so one of my favorite scriptures. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. I got to stop there. Can you imagine? Think of what this is saying. The depths of God. Even God's shallow end, I have to imagine, is pretty impressive. You know, even God's like little post it note thoughts, I'd have to imagine, because the Bible says his thoughts are higher, but the Spirit searches the depths, his deep thoughts, his deep ideas. I can't even begin to comprehend what those would be. But the spirit that is in us, the Holy Spirit that has come to dwell in us, entwined with our spirit, not only has access to the mind of God, but to the depths of God. You have the depths of God in you. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except for the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. So we might know the things freely given to us by God. This is good. Which things we also speak not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the spirit. Combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. And I understand the scripture is not exclusively talking about praying in the Spirit, but I wanted to talk about when we pray in the Spirit, we are praying the perfect will of God. We are pr- you don't know the perfect will of God physically. You don't know the perfect will of God emotionally, but your spirit, because it's in communication with the Holy Spirit, knows the perfect will of God for yourself. In fact, if I pray in the Spirit for a long time or for a short time, I always follow it up with, I receive that in Jesus' name. Well, how do you know what you said? (laughs) I don't, but I receive it because I know that it's God's will. I know that the Spirit searches the deep things of God. And it unleashes heavenly wisdom. If you have a situation in your life that you can't figure out and you don't know what to do, spend some time praying in the Spirit. You're not going to necessarily know what you're praying or saying, but I guarantee wisdom and knowledge will be released to you. I'm sure if I went around the room to people who pray in the spirit, they will tell you that they have prayed and all of a sudden something will open up in their mind and they'll be like, oh, why didn't I think of that? Oh, how did I not know how to handle that? Or all of a sudden, these doors of opportunity have opened for me. All of a sudden, the shame has fallen off. All of a sudden, things I thought I could never overcome, I'm overcoming, and I don't know why. Why? It's because you're doing things in the Spirit. You've unleashed a heavenly wisdom into your Spirit from the Holy Spirit. Amen? So we're praying the wisdom, unleashing the wisdom of God, the deep things of God. And Ephesians 6.12 says this, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, and the world forces of this darkness. Against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. That tells me we have to war in a spiritual way. We have to war in a spiritual. We don't, again, always know what to pray. We don't, again, always know what to say. But you cannot keep battling the things you're battling with your carnal weapons. Some of you have faced the same problems for years. Some of you have faced the same cycles for years and years. You, Some of you have, 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 it seems like you've repeated people. David was just like Bobby, was just like Richard, was just like Peter and Cindy. No offense to Cindy, that was just the name. Was just... I forgot we had a Cindy for a minute. And Cindy was just like Jennifer, was just like Stephanie. And it's just these cycles and you don't know how to get out of them. And they treat you just like your parents, like your parents treated you or you're at another dead end job. You're still not advancing. You didn't finish this. You never finish any. You have these cycles and these things you're battling and you've gone through them and you've been sick, but you've been to all the doctors and no carnal and no earthly thing can help it. And it's because you are fighting a spiritual battle. And you've wasted time and energy, and that's why you feel exhausted. And that's why you feel like you don't have any other options anymore. That's why you feel like, I can't go on, I don't know what else to do. Because you're exhausted, and the Bible says, praying in the Spirit builds us up. Stop fighting. You can't win. The only way to win a spiritual fight is to surrender to Jesus. That's the only way praying in the spirit fights that battle you're literally unleashing the power of heaven the power of heaven we say stuff around church but do we really understand what we're saying we sing heaven come to earth we just sang it spirit of god fall fresh on us your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and we hear it and we hear it and we hear it but let's really stop for a second The power of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, when we pray in the spirit is unleashed on the power of darkness. We're talking about angels, more than you can count. We're talking about the God who spoke everything into existence, fighting for you on your side, saying, I see you individually. Not humanity collectively, but you and you and you individually. And I care for you and I'm fighting for you. And not only do I care for you enough to fight for you, but I care for you enough to live inside of you and to dwell in you and put my power and my anointing on the inside of you for you to release everything at my disposal. A steward of all of my authority. And we come and we play cutesy. And say, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Heaven's pretty radical. <laughs> there's elders and there's angels. There's thunder and there's lightning. There's smoke and it's loud and, it's, and people are shouting, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Crowns are being thrown on the ground. They're not playing church in heaven. They're not going, I look weird if I do that. They ain't worried about that, I guarantee it. They're not worried about, well, people won't come if they don't like it up here. Maybe we should change the music. Maybe the preaching. I guarantee they're not worried about people wanting to come. Because when the Spirit is in motion, when the Spirit is in a place, when God Himself is dwelling somewhere, they will always come, amen? Things will always change. And here's what's so great. (laughs) 1 Corinthians 2.14-16 says this. Natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish to him. And he cannot understand them, because they are spiritually appraised. Hmm. But he who spiritually appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one, for he he has known the mind of the Lord, and he will instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. You so many of us don't pray in the Spirit, don't speak in tongues because we worry about how we're going to look. I mean, let's be real. We think that sounds crazy. How do I know if I'm really doing it? What if it's fake? What if I'm faking it? What if they think I'm faking it? I think they're faking it. I mean, all of these things go through your mind.. Have you ever th- You think every time I'm up there leading worship and I start praying in tongues, I don't know, what eight people in this room are probably this guy. That's fine with me. I'm not talking to you. And And you're not making a way for me. He is. And when you get more serious about Jesus than you are about your dignity, your life will change because you are not getting any merit badges on your dignity. You are not getting any merit badges on how important and together you look. You're not getting any merit badges or any bonus points in heaven for going, everybody at church thought I was important. The stupider you look, the higher you rank. (laughs) That's right, John, you're at the top of the list. (laughs) No, I'm serious, though. We worry about, but it says we can't let carnal people decide how we act spiritually. They don't, they don't even have the ability to appraise it properly. So who cares what they think? I know that sounds mean, but we're the church. We're the only force God has on the earth to do something. We don't have time to worry about that. We've got to stop caring so much about what other people think. And if you're one of these people who sits around judging other people for doing it, and you call yourself a Christian, you should probably pray and ask God to examine your heart. Because something's wrong. Because when, God, when something is of God and it offends you, God's not the one in the wrong. And trust me, I learned that the hard way. Don't let what people think stop you. Jesus always will reward your risks. So how do I get it? I've, I've never spoken in tongues. What do I do? I've never prayed in the Spirit. What do I do? Well, there's two ways that you primarily find in the Bible. I'm going to read them both. Then, it's going to get fun. The first one, as you've heard, I'm sure, is in Acts 2. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And, and, and we all know this, and then it says the tongues of fire appeared, and they begin to speak in other tongues, and we got that when they were in one accord. Then in Acts 19, we see another instant where, and it says, and it happened that when Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through um, the inland, da-da-da-da-da. I'm not going to read the whole thing to you. And then it says, I'll skip down to verse um, 3, and it says, and he said, into what were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe. And they said, have you been baptized with the baptism of the Holy Spirit? They say, we've never even heard of it. And then Paul lays his hands on him, And he's baptized with the Holy Spirit. And he begins to speak in tongues. So we see there's two ways it occurs in the Bible. Through being in one accord and just receiving. Being in a place where the Spirit is. Check. You don't have an excuse. And two, from laying on of hands. What is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? What is baptism? It's immersion. Complete immersion into water. Complete, just immersed. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is just that. Complete immersion in Holy Spirit. So I'm going to ask them to cut down the lights and they're going to put on some music. I'm going to ask everybody to stand. I'm not going to make anybody do anything weird, so don't stress. If you already pray in the spirit, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you, if you're comfortable, to just kind of get in positions around the room, maybe in the corners, maybe up front. And if somebody wants to have hands laid on them to receive, they will lay hands on you and pray for you. If you don't want to do that, you can lift your hands and just start praying. Now, you may say, I don't know how, what's going to happen, I don't understand. It's the same thing with any language. It's going to start out as syllables. Just start out making any kind of noise you can make. And God'll slowly start putting the language in your mouth. God'll start slowly forming it. It doesn't nobody's judging you. I'm going to ask that you cut the music up probably a little louder than normal. Just for a comfort level. And perfect. And if you do speak in tongues and pray in the spirit, I would ask that you begin to do that now to just charge the atmosphere. And if you just want to receive it, just open your your hearts, every head bowed, every eye closed.